Hey, I'm just excited to share this morning about what God wants us to do this coming year, what God has done this last year. Um, he, he mentioned this, um, some of those statistics and stuff. We have a 2022 year in review. They're at the Welcome Center. You can pick one up as you go. If you're watching online or you can download it online at bridgewater.church slash year in review, no spaces. Um, or there's a link if you're watching online or you can hit this QR code and uh, it'll, it'll take you to that. But it's just, just stories, different people talking about, you know, Kathy, Courtney, you know, um, different, different individuals, uh, how Dean, how God has worked in their lives, and then some of these, these types of things. I, I like that verse that, that Pastor Josh just shared. Um, it's, it's one of my favorite books of the Bible, Philippians. I thank my God every time I remember you. Kaylee and Caleb, in all my prayers for all of, of you, Terry, Tom, Joe, Bernice, I always pray with joy. You know, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you, Kip, will carry it on to completion. And Carol Canfield, watching online, will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. And, and so our, our mission as a church um, these goals that Pastor Josh put out, um, here's something that I think we, we need to understand. If your goals for the coming year are all things that you can do, you're aiming too low. Like we need to have God-sized goals, goals that we say, boy, without God, there's no way we can do this. And, and, and I can't save one person and neither can you. Um, you know, this is something only God can do, can work in people's hearts and open their minds and, and eyes to the truth. And so to say, man, we have a goal of, you know, if we're going to save 100 people in Bridgewater this coming year, our share of that, if we're going to do our part in Montrose, is 30 people coming to accept Christ as their Savior through, through us, talking to neighbors and friends, inviting people here. And, and if we're going to see 100 people baptized, that's like 30 people being baptized right here in Montrose. Our record, I think, is 22 and, and you know what, next Sunday, you won't want to miss next Sunday, we have up to 11 that are planning on being baptized next Sunday. And, and that, is, that is amazing. <laughs> and, and here's where it all starts, though. It starts with prayer. Because these are things that we can't do that only God can do. And so we need to come before God and say, God, would you, would you do this through us? Would you do this around us? Would you do this in us? And, and so two ways you need to pray. You need to pray on your own. I don't know if you have a time where, where you spend with God. Maybe it's you're on the road driving. Maybe it's, it's every time you're doing the dishes. Maybe it's, it's in the morning when you first get up and your mind is a little bit more still at that point. But, but, but do you have a time that you pray regularly? That's really important. But, but you know, we also need to pray together. And I'm not a real mystical person, but... Jesus says, where two or three are gathered together, there am I in, in the midst of them. And there's something about when two or three ask for anything in my name. He says, there's something special about that. And so I want to encourage all of you, eight o'clock Sunday morning, we meet for prayer in the cafe room. And if you all showed up, we wouldn't meet and we would figure out another place. <laughs> we are not in danger of, of overflowing that room at this point, but 
but come and pray together in that way. And then I want to encourage you, there's cards on everybody's seats, and there's nothing specific about this, but if you want to be a part of our prayer team, write prayer team on that card. Um, and, and, and here's what that means. This last Sunday, we had a few people up front here willing to pray for people who, who might want to talk to someone. And a lot of times during the service, not very many people come forward, but I, I watch, and after the service, and when people start to leave, people start to drift to the front and talk and ask someone to pray for them. And, and this is my experience, Sunday after Sunday. I talk to people before the service or even after the service, and I say, how was your week? And I get appropriate, superficial answers, right? How was your week? Oh, good, busy cold. You're working outside? Yes, I am. Oh, man. God bless you. That's, that's, that's rough. You know what? You know, appropriate superficial conversations. But when I ask someone after the service, how can I pray for you? I get things like, well, you know, I haven't really talked to many people about this yet, but I went to see the doctor, and uh, it looks like it might be cancer. Could you, could you pray for me about, about that? I'm scared. Or I talk to someone and they say, you know, I, I know my wife passed away a little while ago, but I'm just not getting over it. And I, it's just so hard to even get out of bed in the morning. Could you pray for me? Or I don't even know where my son is right now or my daughter, but she's an addict. And could you pray for her? Or, uh, actually, I've been hurting myself this week, and I want to kill myself, and I don't know where to go. I've literally had those conversations Sunday morning. People come here, not everybody, but not a couple. A lot of people come every Sunday morning. They're here every Sunday morning. It might be the last Sunday they come. In their mind, they're thinking, this is my last Sunday. Maybe this is my first and last Sunday, and I don't know what to do. And my heart is, is overflowing, and it's burdened down, and it's weighted down. And they come here, and shame on us if they come and then leave, and no one asks them, and they have no opportunity to pray with someone. The Bible says, bear one another's burdens. It says, pray for one another. It says, be kind to one another, tender-hearted. And, and we need, if we're going to be a church that makes more and better disciples, better disciples are praying disciples. If we're going to be a church uh, that loves people, that's a church that prays for people and prays with people. And if you want to be a part of that, I want to encourage you to do that. I'm actually, I printed these up. They're a little bit, they're a little bit much, I've been told. This is for people with not good eyesight. <laughs> but uh, there's a stack of them on one of those black tables in the back. And after the service, you want to be a part of the prayer team? Here, here's, here's what you need to do. There's no background checks. <laughs> if you want to work with kids, there's background checks. But if you want to pray, there's no background. Just grab one of these. Grab one of these and stand around like this. Maybe, maybe like this. Maybe like this, <laughs> however you want. And here, here's another thing. You don't even need a piece of paper. 
You can just go up to people. Go up to someone. Say, hey, my name's Bob. What's your name? Is there any way I can pray for you? And you know, it's probably going to be an appropriate superficial answer, but you never know. And, and we, we need it. It starts with prayer. The second thing that I think um, we need to do as a church is we need to go. Jesus says some of his last words to his disciples, Matthew 28, 19, it's where we get our purpose statement. More and better disciples, more and better followers of Jesus Christ. And, and he starts it off with go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Uh, you, you know, th th this is our mission, and it means we got to go as individuals. And so some of these numbers up there, 1,600 people, here, here's something about that. So there's about 150 watching online right now, this service and the next service. And then in the morning, as far as people coming physically here, we've been averaging about 475. I would say it'd probably be a little bit less than that looking at the crowd here this morning. So 475, that means for us to grow and some of those goals, he says, means 550 people here on a Sunday morning. And I don't know, you can do the math online. I don't know, I didn't do that ahead of time. 550 people, that would take us to where we were at in 2019 before the pandemic hit. Um, but, but here's why that's important because a church that doesn't go is a church that doesn't care about other people in their community. Nobody really wants, like very few people, some people do, pastors get into this and others, you know, but very few people want to go to a church of 1,800 people. But I think every single one of us want to come to a church and would love to come back next week with that friend or family member or neighbor of yours sitting next to you. I mean, do you have one person that you would love to see maybe accept Christ as their Savior? Maybe it's someone who has accepted Christ, but they're, they're just kind of floundering in their walk with God, and you just love for them to, to have the hope and the love and, the, and, and the, the, just be inspired and the truth of God's Word and just have that one person sitting next to you next week. If every single one of us were to bring that one person sitting next to us next week, we'd have almost 1,000 people We'd have to have three services. We'd have to kick about 100 of you out to go over to Elk Lake or Springville and start a church there and kick another 100 out to go over to Kingsley or somewhere in Lenox and start another church there. And, and that, would be, that would be more than Easter. One person. And here's something I want to do. I don't know if we can bring up the lights a little bit, um, but I want to just point this out. Um, nine and a half years ago, um, even more than that, I don't know if we can bring more lights there we go, it's coming. There we go, that's good. All right, so here, here's what I want you to do. If you attended at the old church building, 107 Church Street regularly, I want you to stand right now. If you've been coming since then and you were at the old church building, okay, look around. 5, 10, 15, 20, 25, 30, 60. There's about 65 people here this morning that were at the old church building. You guys can have a seat. Here's what this means. If we don't reach new people, we're about 10 years away from irrelevancy and death. Because the majority of everyone here 
you weren't here 10 years ago. And this is going to be true of the next service, perhaps even more so. And and this is the way it should be. Because if we're not going, if we don't care about other people, God should shut this place down. Because that, that's the point. The point isn't that we get together and, oh, my friends will be there. And it'll be, I mean, that's wonderful to have friends. I hope you have friends at church. If you don't, like stick around and talk to people, you know. So there's this lonely guy sitting all by himself right here. He's not lonely, but Jim's a great guy. Get to know him, you know. And if you have ear, nose, throat problems, he'll diagnose it for you. <laughs> I shouldn't. I'm getting in trouble. <laughs> like, anyway, all right. I, yeah, I'm... But, you know, it's great. But if, if we're all about us, that's not the point. God could care less about Bridgewater Church. You know what God cares about? He cares about Ryan. Right? He, he, he cares about Lura. He cares about Eileen and Rick and Cliff and, and Beth. That's who he cares about. And we need to care about people too. And that means we need to go. And so on this little card that's everybody's on their sheet, if you want to make a commitment to do this, I'll send you an email like once a month or something like that just to remind you. I have made a goal last year. I made this goal as well this year also. I want to invite someone, at least one person every week or, or maybe four a month so I can double up, you know, at times. And, you know, so four people a month I want to invite to come to Bridgewater. And you might say, well, you're a pastor. You're supposed to do that. That's easy for you. But I've shared this before, but I think it's harder for me because I had to get over myself because here's here's what it's like when I invite someone to church. Hey, would you like to come to my church and listen to me talk for 35 minutes? (laughs) Yes, I'm totally self-aware of how arrogant that sounds. You know, and, and I have to come, and I'm serious. I thought that would go through my mind, and, you know, if someone else is preaching, I'd be like, hey, you should come. So-and-so's preaching. It'd be great because I felt like it wasn't self-promotion. But, you know, I had to get over that and say, you know what, if someone thinks I'm arrogant, if someone thinks I'm part of some multi-level marketing scheme called the church, if someone thinks that, that, that I'm just whatever, who cares? Because I know that God is here And God wants to use us to reach people and be a spiritual family for others. And so I want people here. And if it means a few people think I'm arrogant or pushy or whatever, and I don't I don't think it's pushy, you just invite and I hand them a card. I always have so on your on your seats you got these invitation cards, you know, to invite people. And I always have a few in my not always, come sometimes I get out and I don't refill it. And I, I just just to give to someone. Here's the time. It's at the bottom. I'd love to see you there. Someone I invited this week, I said, get your daughter. I haven't seen your daughter since, since fifth grade soccer. It would make my month if she were to come. I probably wouldn't even recognize her. He's like, yeah, she's almost as tall as you. And I'm like, oh man. that's. But we need to be a going church. We, we need to, to love other people enough to invite them to come with us in this journey with Jesus Christ because it is impossible to follow Jesus alone. All of these people that say, well, you don't need a church in order to be a Christian, that's true, but you need to be, be in a church to follow Jesus because guess what Jesus did? He gave his life for the church. He surrounded himself with the church. He did church every day. 
You know, and, and we, we need to be a part of that. We need to not just go individually. I think we need to go corporately as well. I don't know where I am with my slides. There we go. We need to go organizationally. Um, back in the beginning of 2020, I was talking about going to Elk Lake and starting a new campus there. And then something happened. <laughs> I'd put those things on hold. I, I think now, even more than in 2020, I think we are pregnant as a church. I, I think we are ready to, to send people away to the Springville Elk Lake area. And if you are interested in doing that and being a part of that, we got a couple small groups out there already. I think we need to start one or two more. One of those small groups is actually Tunkhannock small group. And it has most of their deacons in it. And, and here, here's the thing. You, talk about what God's desire is. Some, some pastors, some people might be like, wouldn't it be great if God filled this auditorium? And if he filled it twice, and if he filled it three times, and God is thinking, you're thinking too small. I love more people than could ever fit in this auditorium. You know, in the last 11, well, 11 and a half years, we have sent 150 people away to Halstead, 50 to Halstead, 25 to Vestal, 70, 75 to Tunkhannock. We sent 150 people away, and you know what those 150 people are now? A thousand. Those 150 are a thousand people now. 2021, Pablo, even on top of that thousand, Pablo, Gutierrez, and Lauren left with 20 Hispanics, and now they're, they've over doubled. And, and they've seen people saved and baptized. And, and, and that happens when people go. And, and so think about, maybe, maybe God wants you to go. If you live out near Auburn, be perfect. If you live down in Springville, or you, you know, to be a part of, and then to do this, this is going to create a crisis. Because we're not going to, if we send away children's workers, we're not going to have enough ourselves. If we send away musicians, we're struggling to find enough musicians now. And so we need to step up and say, man, I want to serve. I want to be a part of what God's doing. And so right on that card, you know, Springville or Elk Lake or something like that, if you want to be a part of that as we try to get some small groups going and, and, and talk about a pioneer team, um, I don't know what I have left. I think I'm done. Oh, next week. Oh, here's cool. So this is one of the cool things about, um, about a church and about Bridgewater. One of the statistics was 1,091 kids were impacted by this church last year. And that is not counting uh, the kids we gave candy to on Halloween. <laughs> Holy cow. That is not counting the kids that were there uh, when we were in the park and uh, did, you know, there was, we did the games for, for one night or whatever they call it, night out, and then we did a, a park outreach where we, we tried to get some names, but a lot of the names we never got. So that 1,091 kids, that's pretty much that came to one of our Bridgewater buildings. You think about how many that is. That's every kid. If you've got every kid at Choconut and Lathrop Street and Elk Lake Elementary, it's less than 1,091 kids. And so how can we have such a huge impact on so many children? Because people go. And there's people in Vestal who are doing their part and in Halstead who are doing their part and, 
and in Conklin and Tonkanic and online and and even beyond that, to think about what God is doing in this church. We've given away this last year, I don't even remember what it is, it's over $150,000 through benevolence, through missions, through special missions projects um, all over the world. There, there's a woman in Germany called Christy Walker. And their church, there's a bunch of ladies that go out and they try rescuing enslaved women in Berlin. And you're a part of that. And there's a guy by the name of Jake over in Ethiopia, and there's people in his organization, and they're feeding lepers who physically have no fingers and can't feed themselves and have to be physically spoon-fed their food, and living, helping them live out the end of their lives in dignity as children of God, and you're a part of that. And there are two villages in Guatemala there's a trip you can sign up for to go and see them, and it would be life-changing, I think, for so many of you. Two villages of, of, of kids that are malnourished, and, and there's this whole army of food for the hungry workers that come and tell them about God and tell them how, how special kids are and, and teach them about proper hygiene and how to nutrition and all of that, and so they're not malnourished, and so they have a, a chance, and they're not brain damaged by the time they're five years old, and just lifting these villages out of poverty in a powerful way and telling them about Jesus Christ, and you have a part of that. And there's a hospital of hope in Togo, West Africa, where, where there's men doing surgeries, and they're doing thousands, over 10,000 surgeries every, or patients at least, every year. And, and, and it's just a, an area that, that there, there would be, people walk for miles. Their, their ER is in the field outside the building because there's no room for, for the triage for those hundreds of patients inside the building. And, and they got a chaplain who's then following up with patients and going into Muslim villages and they're seeing hundreds of Muslims accept Christ as their savior through, through this ministry and you have a part of that and on and on and on. And, and I tell you, if you... Get excited about what God is doing. You need to bring others along with you, and we just need to go. Um, oh, and come back next week. So we're starting a new series, and, and potentially 10, 11 people getting baptized. Their, their stories are just amazing how God has worked in their lives in different ways. One man, you know, just, I won't tell their stories. You'll have to come back next week. Um, Let's, let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just uh, thank you. I thank you for this church. And by this church, I mean I just thank you for everybody who's here as I look out. And um, God, I just ask that you would help us to love you more and help us to love other people more. And God, that you would do what we can't do, that you would help addicts to give their addiction to you. Lord, help the hopeless to find their hope in you. Help the suicidal to find life in you. And God, help us to be your hands and feet and mouth. And, and Lord, that you would just, God, 17 years, this church has gone from 160 to 1,600. In the next 17 years, to see it go from 1,600 to 16,000. I know you could do that. And God, I could care less if it's even called Bridgewater. Um, that doesn't matter, but God, use us, Lord. Our nation is so bad. 
Lord, it is, it is headed off a cliff and the lies are getting louder and the darkness is getting deeper. And Lord, you are the answer. You are the only answer in our community, in our families, in our nation. And Lord, help us to, to carry that carry that to others. In Jesus' name, amen.